Personalized learning. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. So what are we going to talk about this week? Smath. Smath. <laughs> or or we could do um, uh, slanguish. Are you having a stroke or yeah. is something going on? <laughs> Steam. <laughs> All right. So smath. So we read an article this week. <laughs> it's called Smath, How to Turn Two Subjects into One Super Class. And we saw it on edsurge.com, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really good article. It to What to talk about, really, though. So I was just telling Courtney, I didn't write quite read to the end. Yeah, because which it was, was like one more paragraph. than what was on his I'm computer so screen. Dumb. So. I'm so dumb. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's about, I mean, it's nothing new, really. Um, it's about interdisciplinary or integrated multidisciplinary learning. That doesn't sound new. No, it's not new. And in fact, this is how the real world works. <laughs> what? Yeah. So like, I don't ever, right, I'm an instructional coach, right? I do a lot of different things. Sometimes I do have to do math, which when I do, it's, it's a little, it takes, so maybe at that point I do have to shut the door and be like, I'm doing math now, leave me alone. But generally, um, I do everything all together. Sure. Right? And like. That's you, what we do in, in our life, right? Yes, yeah. It's not like, hey, it's time to science now. I'm not right. going to do anything else. I'm going to science. or. But our schools still do that, obviously. Well, yeah, many in many, many places we do. Yeah. Most of them, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way school is, right? It is. Yeah, so we don't want it to be that way, though. No, it shouldn't be that way. No, so this really talks about, uh, in this article anyway, talks about how they... Uh, it's funny, it says right here, Smath was born out of a realization the old way of doing things wasn't working. Yeah. And it's true. Because it doesn't. You know, you don't work in silos. Right. That's right? the term that we use a lot when right. we're talking about this. Right. You know, I go in my room, I shut the door, I do math. <laughs> the period ends or the, the block ends. Right. And we move to reading. Yeah. And then we read for 45 minutes. And then we write. And then we science. And then we recess. Right. And then we do all of that. <laughs> so, you know, none of that makes sense. <laughs> so what they said they're doing, and this is a place in Alabama, and they said we they they realized subjects were becoming more interconnected. It says, which well, I don't is, know that they're becoming more interconnected. Well, that's the thing. It's just <laughs> maybe been. we're realizing that that's yeah. the, the importance of it. Right. They've always been interconnected, but again, that's not the way we do school. Right. So they took a step to really change the way their school worked. Nice. Which is a great step. Yeah. And they called it SMATH. I don't think they got to slanguage yet. Slanguage. That would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> So really what they're doing is just combining things. So they're, they're doing longer, longer blocks. Nice. They're doing co-teaching. Nice. Uh, they're really working with math and science topics together. Nice. Uh, so it's, it just becomes... You know what? The way you I bet things. they're doing ELA topics and even social studies topics Absolutely. within that class also. So maybe they'll get there. Hey, you know what? 
in my district, we're trying to do this too. What? We call it applied learning though. Applied learning? Yeah, we don't call it SMAP because we've gone beyond just the two. So like lots of people actually, I think about when I was still a classroom teacher, we were doing humanities, which I think light bulbs are going off for a bunch of people, which is ELA and social studies smushed together. Right. So um, yeah, start smushing more though. Don't just go for the obvious. Right. Right. Why not put them all together? Right. Put them all together. And it's not just English, math, English, math, (laughs) social studies. (laughs) So, I mean, you can always do, you can do language because Uh, there's, there's culture in world languages. There's physical education. There's health topics you could do. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that is, is interrelated. Yeah. And so like, so here's the thing though. I think like you and I have seen, we've been in the personalized learning proficiency based circles for a long time Mm -hmm. and so we've seen when people um i think initially like this idea of interdisciplinary learning i'm like that's very 70s like but you know it's like we've been there we've done that but the difference was is there wasn't necessarily the push for proficiency and competencies and clear targets or standards right and so that came along and this big obviously right this pendulum swing happened And we saw a lot of people going like super silo. Courtney's like totally waving her hands right now. If this needs to be like a video (laughs) podcast, because it's amazing that I just did. I'll do it again. That pendulum is just moved all the way across. (laughs) So everyone went to like, you know, okay, this target is completely discrete from this target, which is completely discrete from this, even within their own, even within disciplines. Right. And just like separated everything out. And stopped. Right. Right. So it's like, now let's swing that pendulum back to the middle. Like, right. everything is connected. And in reality, um, in reality, outside of school, because yep. it's not reality in schools, everything not. is connected and still discrete. Right. So you can see what, um, like, if you go out to anywhere, like, let's go to a construction site, like, you know, mm-hmm. where I am right now, like, I often drive through Bath, where they are replacing this huge, I, it's insane, the work they've been doing. But, like, so, you, like, there's a lot going on there, right? There's a lot that went into that project. There was um, economic studies, there were traffic flow studies, there were environmental studies, you know, there's all the physics of making it work, and, like, you like, so much went into that, but when you look at it as a whole, it's you don't necessarily see those pieces until you really start thinking about it, right? right? And there's all different people involved in that project. Um, so that's what we want to be doing. We want to say, look, these are all these targets. These are all the discrete learning that fits inside this big, amazing project. And look at all the different ways you as a learner could approach it. That's personalized learning. That sounds fantastic. Doesn't it? Yeah, we should be doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We are kind of doing we that. We are. There are some, yeah, we've got some, some right. teams so, and teachers doing that. So we talk about, uh, uh, we set it up so there's like driving questions yep. around. So, and then people can bring in targets once once kids have finally worked through that process. Yeah. And you can bring in targets from anywhere. Right. Not just math, not just science, not just writing. No. But anything. Anything. That's exciting. It's really exciting. And it, it makes it much more relevant and engaging. And... It, it's I'm you know this idea of access points um, you can come at it at that learning from so many different places that um, that's where the motivation comes from for a wide variety of learners so one thing you talked about before was back in the 70s when it was all really groovy and 
disco. Hey, man, what do you want to learn about today? Exactly. And they yeah. just went and learned it, yeah. and there was no real consistency or anything. So that reminded me that, you know, now with these topics, we, we always want some clear targets. Yep. And we want effective feedback on those targets. Right. But the targets individually don't have to be the same for everybody. No. Right? No, they Cause, don't. Because the people that have come into, into these, these driving questions could bring a whole variety of experiences and need different targets that right. they can get out of that. Yeah. But they also share with their, with their classmates yeah. and with, with their teachers and, and whoever to, to help with this project. Right. So it's not about just specific targets only. No. It's for whatever those kids can, can bring to it. Right. Find those targets, get feedback on those, and improve everybody at that point. Yeah. So I think that, like, I agree with all that, and I think it might make some people get nervous. I was just going to say right? that. Yeah, that so sounded scary that what I just really said. That sounds really scary what you just said. <laughs> For, yeah, so that's like step two, right? Yeah. Step, step one is like, okay, what are the targets you know you've got to have available to the learners in your room? Right. And start with there. You know, yeah, it's okay yeah. to start with like three targets, and then after you kind of figure all of that out, then you will find it naturally. You'll get to a point where you're like, oh, this other target could have fit here right. too. Um, so, so don't feel like you have to go extreme right away. Right. So if you're a listener thinking, oh, this is intriguing, I could yeah. do it, but what you just said made me like poop my pants. <laughs> Courtney's right. You need yeah. to just start start with start little small. pieces. Yeah, little pieces, and you will eventually get there naturally, just right. because it'll it'll feel better to you. So you can say, "Hey, I can I could also do this." Right. Oh, hey, I could bring in this piece. Yeah. And suddenly, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it's really, really just amazing for those for those learners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I do want to jump in though, because some people who know me might be like, "Well, but Courtney, you're always, you know, expounding about the wonders of workshop model." Exactly. Right, for writing and reading and like, you know, and you're all uh, numeracy too. And so I guess I want to say here that like, yeah, I do believe that subjects and learning should be smathed and smushed and slienced and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> challenge <laughs> listeners, how many different uh, portmanteaus can you come up with for uh, the combinations of various subjects? Hashtag PLearnMC. Um, all right. So anyway. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I do think it's very difficult for many learners, especially like K5, K8, to learn the skills of reading and writing and numeracy while applying it to new content. Agreed. Right, like, Agreed. yeah, that's difficult. And so I've said this on the podcast before. We've said this, like, teach the process before you add on the new content. Right. So, and that's true for thinking processes. And well, guess what? Reading, writing, and numeracy are thinking processes. Right. So they really do need to be taught separately before mm -hmm. you ask them to combine it with content. Right, because it would be too. It sounds too complex. It otherwise, is too complex. While otherwise. you're trying to learn these these right. bigger driving question type right. things and try to learn the, the basics of, of whatever math and, and writing exactly. and reading. Yeah. That's just overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It yeah. is for, okay. the, like, for the brain. So if you're yeah. doing some of these bigger driving questions, you're saying workshop model um, for those for those type of tasks is really a, a nece another necessary part. Yeah. So when designing yeah. um, 
a schedule, basically, you need to think about these things, right? right. So we have to yeah. do those things in a workshop model, which we've talked about before, uh, and I'm sure we will again. Yeah, we'll talk about it again. Future stuff, but. Uh, like, or even, you know, if, you, in, if you're, like, an individual teacher here thinking about wanting to do some of yeah, this, yeah. like, so just think about it this way. Okay, so you want to do a big project <clears throat> about, like, um, environmental justice, let's say, mm -hmm. right? And you've got these ideas, but you're, you're a single teacher, and you know that they've got, they're going to be doing some argument writing. Mm -hmm. So spend a, spend a few weeks just worrying about argument writing before you launch the project. Right. Um, because then they can apply those skills in the project and let them write about like this is the other thing like to let them write about whatever they want to write about doesn't have to be about environmental justice because you're just worried about getting them to write well right doesn't matter what they're writing about later worry about the content later you can assign and say like this topic or choose one of these seven topics right, right? so there, there are all different ways to do it you don't necessarily have to have um, like if you've got a system that's like all about this, like a whole school that's all about this, or a whole grade level that wants to try this. It's easier to kind of parse it out, right, for consistent, everyday type stuff. But if you're on your own, you just think about it that way. What do I have to do first before they can apply it? I think that's good. Yeah. All right. So I might have a mic drop moment, actually. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was listening to, it was On Point earlier this week. Um, I drive a lot <laughs> between the district I work in is huge, and I work in 10 schools, so I'm in the car frequently. But um, one of my favorite people in the world was on On Point, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Ah, uh, yes. He's amazing. And um, he was asked about how you make... Um, science better for schools or it was or it was more about like how do we um make sure that like our populace is informed right mm -hmm. and understands science okay period period and um <laughs> his answer was great and so i think we'll uh listen to those clips because it's he talks about education and he does have some very um, strong opinions about education. Absolutely. Which I happen to agree with. <laughs> and my, my gut is that most people who listen to this podcast probably would agree with a lot of what he has to say about public education as well. But so here, go ahead, listen. we'll listen to what Neil deGrasse Tyson has to say. As an educator, I look back to K through 12 and I notice, I think what happens there is we think of kids as vessels empty vessels, and you unzip their head in kindergarten, and you start pouring information in for 12 years. And then you zip it back up, slap a diploma on them, and say, you are now educated. Or you even continue this into college. The fact that today we have college-educated adults saying they choose not to believe in objective scientific truth means there's something missing in that educational background. And that educational background parrots back what they're told, rather than training you how to think, how to analyze, how to process information. That's what's missing, including an entire course just on what science is and how and why it works. If you, if you fix that in the school system, you can't possibly have adults standing in denial of science, and no, nor would you elect anyone with that posture. So that's why I don't beat politicians on the head. I look back at the electorate, my fellow Americans. So yeah. 
That was great. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, everyone. Um, check out our website, plearnmc.weebly.com. We've got our Facebook page. That if you just look, search for plearnmc. plearnmc. And our hashtag, uh, hashtag plearnmc. Our Twitter handle for the show is at plearnmc. My Twitter handle is at belolinc. And mine is at eatsleepstats. Nice. All right. We'll talk next time.